0: he basically talked to me and was like hey if you can do video i'll pay you and i was in high school so i was like sick getting paid to do what i love and he was like yo let's do some videos for me since he's got a big social media following Mm -hmm. and hopefully that would turn into getting paid to make videos for these brands and like three months later we were on tour with (laughs) jay-z
1: In the podcast, we have New York-based freelance creative Henry Cornaro is joining us. I met Henry back in November when I was just moving to the city, and I, like so many other people, was captivated by his photography and videography. You might know him from TikTok, you might know him from Instagram, and you've probably seen some of his work for Jay-Z, Cause, Gov, Bob, Puma, Versace, just to name a few. I'm A pretty incredible list.
0: I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's like I've gotten lucky and I was prepared when I got lucky for the opportunity that came.
1: When was the first time you took a job and you were like, shit, this is legit?
0: The Jay-Z one for sure. I think I did like before the Jay-Z one, I did two Puma videos that were like- You've been
1: doing Puma for that long. Yeah. that Because for everyone listening, Henry did the Jay-Z tour when he was still in high school.
0: Yeah, I just turned 18. Which is crazy. And I did the 444 tour. But before that, it was two Puma videos. And they were like social things. And like they were super easy. They weren't good. But like they weren't bad. Um, yeah. And it all started because uh, the person I was working with or still work with, uh, Ryan Miller, we, he basically talked to me and was like hey if you can do video i'll pay you and i was in high school so i was like sick getting paid to do what i love and he was like yo let's do some videos for me since he's got a big social media following Mm -hmm. and hopefully that would turn into getting paid to make videos for these brands and like three months later we were on tour with jay-z
1: when you were on when that happened were you like i'm gonna do this forever or were you like oh this is just
0: i think I liked it so much before, but mm-hmm. it became a lot more real mm-hmm. um, when I did that. It was a lot more like, "Whoa, like this is really f- cool," and I think it's cool, mm-hmm. and other people think it's cool, and i you know, I really, en- I enjoyed it to the point that I didn't mind spending twelve hours a day trying to figure out a new editing thing or a new way to shoot something yeah. or coming up with video ideas. So I just knew like when when people talk about their passion like that's what they would talk about. They would talk about finding something that regardless of how long it takes, they still love it at the end of the day even though it might get frustrating like it's amazing.
1: Yeah, and you still haven't lost that.
0: Yeah, um yeah I mean I, I love it even though there's some frustrating days I think that's like one thing that social media kind of hides myself included like there's a ton of stuff behind the scenes that doesn't pan out there's a ton of amazing projects that could have happened or there's a couple or there's a ton of projects that are amazing and they just don't turn out how you think they are or mm-hmm. think they should and I think that's one thing that I've learned is that not everything and 99.9999999% of things are not gonna go your way or not gonna turn out the way you think they are. So you just have to roll with the punches Mm -hmm. and be adaptive and work with it, so. Is it
1: hard working for a team who already has a creative vision? Like, is it hard tailoring your art and your craft to a consumer or to other people's visions?
0: I think that it's good to learn how to work when other people have their ideas first. Mm-hmm. I think anyone at the end of the day, anyone who's an artist has an ego that they want to fulfill, that their idea is the best idea. Mm-hmm. And um, client side of things, sometimes they think their idea is the best idea. So the best middle ground there is you execute what a client wants or what a team mm-hmm. wants or what a you know brand wants. And then if you have another vision with that product, with that idea, you go and execute mm-hmm. it yourself so you can prove to them in the future that A, you can execute bigger projects. Yeah. But B your idea that you had that you tried to pitch them was a great idea. So
1: how did you how did you get to the place where like Puma and Jay-Z and Ryan were reaching out to you and found you?
0: I mean, I you know, I got to start working with someone that was trying to get into video but didn't know how to shoot video. So he just hired me, mm-hmm. but he was already taking I can't photos. believe
1: Ryan took a chance on like a 17-year-old.
0: I think he just, he was looking for someone that was hungry and motivated to like yeah. be better. And that was me. Yeah. And I got lucky that he was looking for a video person. And I was pretty decent at video at that time for a 17-year-old that he was like, yeah, like let's work together. Yeah. And it helped because he's already shooting photos for Jaguar and, um... I think he did Nike and Jordan brand and Sony and Fujifilm and, you know, all these big brands already that all we really needed to do was all these photo shoots he he was doing. He was just basically asking for more money so we could do a video. Yeah. Or we could do a video instead of photos because at the end of the day, there's a lot of money in both, but um, usually there's more money in the video side of things than there is a photo.
1: Would you say there's more time on the back end on video too?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, a minute long video, some people think might only take a couple hours. Now, some really do only take a couple hours to shoot and then go back and edit. But for a minute, you know, spot for a, you know, sportswear brand, it could take, you know, three days of principal editing. And then you've got, you know, a coloring phase. And then you've got all the back and forth with client. To make sure that they're stoked with the end product and yeah so it's there's a ton of time on the back end that a lot of people don't realize there is when it comes to video and in, and beforehand with video and photo there's so much pre-production and honestly what you realize when you get further and further into the creative process one thing i learned from all the shoots i've done is my favorite videos i've ever made really began in the pre-production phase so i would show up on set or i would show up for a shoot and i'd know exactly what i want Mm -hmm. i'd have inspiration on the video side of videos that i like that i'm trying to pull inspiration from i'd have music ideas those are the best videos i make the videos that i show up and there's no concept there's no clear direction of what Mm -hmm. needs to happen those are the videos that you can get really creative with but um you spend a lot of time on the computer yeah trying to figure it out and you also usually aren't that fulfilled with the video at the end
1: yeah is it hard to work with models that you that you don't have a personal relationship with or
0: it's definitely a
1: team that you don't know
0: it's definitely beneficial to work with people that you know or you're friends with because it's comfortable you kind of you've already broken that it's ice up like, of a like
1: looser atmosphere
0: way looser atmosphere and it's like when we shoot together yeah, it's, it's so, so easy fun. it's so much fun and like if i ask you to do something and you don't know it, i'm gonna like figure out how to like reiterate it to you that you'll be able to understand better yeah. and then that's like all directions some people take direction and he can take an idea and complete it mm-hmm. way better than others and yeah. that's just like kind of the name of the game
1: do you
0: have a dream client um i have a dream like not a client more of like a dream more of like a dream project or a dream um kind of process behind a video like honestly puma pretty much a dream client the team is incredible over there um they're always throwing stuff our way and they're always super receptive to you know us giving them ideas for things. Um, yeah, I feel
1: like you have a lot of fun. Well, I have only seen you kind of execute one shoot with Puma, but it seemed like you were able to go out on location, scout, and just have like a lot of fun with it, which is cool. Like it must just not really feel like a job.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sometimes is difficult, but mm-hmm. I'd say that the team is amazing. I'd say the more frustrating part with any team is yeah. if you have a really good idea and you know it's a really good idea um and I'll explain one that we pitched and then I just recently saw another brand to use but <laughs> um sometimes you have a really really good idea and you know yeah. it's a good idea and all you want to do is that idea but the hardest thing when you're not working on the brand side of things is you really don't know what they're doing in the long term, in the year yeah. plan. You think, oh, I have a sick video idea. Why won't they do it? It's 99% of the time, your video idea is probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, or your photo shoot idea is probably pretty good. But they have goals that they've aligned with at the beginning yeah. of the year when they all the teams at any company go through a goals, a recap from previous year to talk about what went wrong, what went well. And then to talk about how to do it even better the following year. And if your ideas don't fall in that, in that line, then it's not ever going to happen. Yeah. And the greatest thing is to build a relationship with a team that you can periodically ask throughout your relationship with them, kind of what's going on, what's happening. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I feel like I've got a really good relationship with Puma to the extent that like they kind of we know what's going on a lot of the time which is Mm -hmm. great so puma's a dream client would you
1: ever do a movie
0: like what kind of movie
1: i don't know would you ever like direct a movie
0: i think that's something that i would be interested in a couple years down the line for sure um but i definitely don't think i'm there yet i think that i have a lot of things i want to do on the entrepreneurial side of my life Mm -hmm. and the business side of my life Mm -hmm. and also the creative um branded side of my life Mm -hmm. so yes sooner or later i do believe that i will want to direct a feature narrative piece or at least a short film like i think you can make a
1: really cool documentary on something
0: 10 to 12 minute short film would be really really sick yeah Of stuff that you know i really relate to that's something that i've experienced i think would be really great um so i can buy into it and then yes a documentary would be really really sick that would be something i'd want to do at some point too
1: so for people that that are listening henry grew up he was born in new york and then he grew up in a small town in vermont and henry tell a story of how you'd come to new york
0: yeah, so I'm from a small town of Vermont called Manchester. I live in East Dorset, but I just say Manchester because it's e- easy. It's easy <laughs> everyone and everyone knows everyone knows Manchester. It's near Stratton Mountain. It's near It's
1: beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's it's really it's really beautiful. Um and it's not close to anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm also from my parents live in Vermont. My family lives in Vermont and if we run out of milk, it's like a 40-minute trip to the the grocery store which is just so different from new york
0: every bodega has milk in new york you know so <laughs> that's <laughs>
1: and an oat milk
0: and an oat milk and an almond milk and a soy milk and a you Coman know everything know. um but i'm from the small town and i was really getting into photography my junior year of high school junior winter
1: while you were playing lacrosse and hockey
0: while i was a three-sport athlete yeah, yeah. so um, in high school, I played soccer, lacrosse, and hockey. Mm-hmm. Senior year, that changed. Hope Maybe we'll get to that. But junior year, fall into winter, I was going to New York every single weekend on Sunday. And how I explain it to people is I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning after, Lord knows, whatever high school party we were doing that <laughs> night. And on a Saturday night, or should I say Sunday morning. Go to bed at like one o'clock in the morning, wake up at two or three, literally like take a nap. <laughs> drive to the train station in Wasaic, New York, which is about two hours and forty-five minutes. But and it's
1: back roads, right?
0: And it's like back roads, yeah. Yeah. But um I would get there in like two fifteen, if you know what nice. I mean. <laughs> um now that did bite me in the ass, but I will get to that in a second. Um and then when I get to Wasaic, I would take the train to New York. I'd get there at like seven. 637 so that's already five hours of commuting and then i'd get to new york i'd shoot for 10 hours Mm -hmm. during those 10 hours i'd walk like 15 miles or i'd take the subway like 20 times
1: 32 dumplings
0: i'd go to vanessa's dumpling house on eldridge street and i would get 32 (laughs) dumplings for dinner every single time because i was trying to be as cost effective as possible after my 10 hours of shooting i'd shoot like two to three thousand photos i'd get back on the train at like eight o'clock at night i'd get back to wasaic at 10 30 11 Mm -hmm. and then i'd be back home in vermont by one o'clock in the morning on monday and then four hours later i would wake up and go do morning practice for hockey and this was in the winter um like i was saying earlier the whole getting there 30 minutes faster than i thought i would (laughs) bit me in the ass um January 17th I think was the day I was going down with my two friends Jaden and Noah and I was going 93 and 55 38 miles over mm. the speed limit in the state of Vermont. If you're going over 30 miles over the speed limit it's an arrestable offense. I was pulled over by an off-duty cop and arrested. Um since it's a victimless case, I got escorted to the police station <laughs> I then got my fingerprints done, my mugshot. I probably
1: sitting there, like, smiling, laughing. Oh, the content.
0: One day, I'm going to get that mugshot and I'm going to put it out in the world because I was definitely grinning. I was in my burn burning <laughs> hockey jacket, smiling. I was actually commenting on the camera they used for taking mugshots at the did police they think station you were in Bennington. Asshole or
1: did they think you were funny?
0: No, they thought I was funny, but also, like, i feel like they're trained when kids are like laughing about getting arrested to be like kind of stern to try and make it a point that like yo this isn't good it's not you're not supposed to be here it's not funny it's stupid
1: i would be so fucking scared if i got arrested or pulled over
0: yeah i mean i wasn't i wasn't scared at the moment of like the police it was more my mom's wrath when i got home it was pretty brutal yeah yeah, I wasn't allowed to drive for like weeks, but it's okay. We've made it. My mom still brings it up <laughs> once in now, a blue moon. Why she doesn't trust me to go places. But now even Henry though I'm doesn't 21. drive
1: a mile over the speed limit. So I'm like, oh, I'm safe with him. Nothing bad's gonna happen. The first time we go on a trip, we rent a car, everything's going great. Henry loses the car in Manhattan. It got towed. And I just, after the, that story and now the lost car, I don't trust you in vehicles. But you have to
0: think, like, getting a car towed isn't and unsafe. It's just a hassle and a pain in the ass. It has nothing to do with safety. I was safely you parked. You lost a rental car. <laughs> yeah, and guess what? I paid for it. It was like 480 bucks. Watch my TikTok on it. It was, a, it was a disaster, but it was a great story. No, and it guess, was a good story. My guess what? only point How is... How many times have we told that story to entertain someone because it's, it's so hilarious. funny
1: it's so funny i also tell it really well
0: it's worth it to get towed for a funny moment
1: but um but don't don't try to get towed
0: don't try yeah it's a pain in the ass and they just closed <laughs> um the manhattan uh tow pound so you've got to go to brooklyn if you're below 59th street and it's very slow in brooklyn like very very slow
1: it did it took him four it was hours Like a full work day
0: it was like a yeah full, it was a full day yeah it was like four hours but it's okay. We got the car back.
1: And now he's allowed to drive again.
0: I'm allowed to drive again.
1: But your mom does bring it up a
0: bunch. I would say, yeah, that happened when I was 17 and I'm 21. And I'd say once every other time I go home, it comes up in conversation.
1: You know, honestly, I'm just thinking about it. I was going to say you are you have the worst driving record out of everyone I know. But my brother has a lot of driving incidents. Yeah, he, he one did. time... I was sitting on our couch and all of a sudden the hood of the car was an inch away from my knee and he had driven through (laughs) the house because he was learning stick shift and thought it was in reverse. (laughs) Maybe one day I'll have him on to tell that story but you know get arrested have a funny mugshot. Where are we gonna what are you gonna put it on one day?
0: One day for Mother's Day I'm gonna find (laughs) I'm gonna I'm going to put it on a blanket and give it to my mom, like, for <laughs> sure.
1: Um, You ended up in New York for college, and now you're not in college.
0: Yes. Yes, I'm not in college anymore. We'll bring it back a little ways to high school. You know, when you're a sophomore and junior, you start looking at colleges what do you want to do with your life? It's really big decisions to make as a 15, 16, 17-year-old. Especially
1: choosing a major for like the bigger call It's so fucked up. It's I've awful. changed mine like five times. I don't think anyone should be expected to know what they want to study before going in.
0: Thankfully, I found a passion in art. Yep. I.E. photography, videography, cinematography, that whole... The cinematic arts. That's what I got into. <laughs> and I knew I was going gonna... to...
1: Wait, can I po- When you showed up at... S- Henry went to school of visual arts in Manhattan. Were you still wearing Vineyard Vines, or had you already transitioned into New York, Henry? I just need—I'm trying to make a visual in my head. When right I now.
0: showed up to school of visual arts, I was in a transitional phase. I still had okay. Vineyard Vines, like preppy n- New England kid clothing.
1: And now, when I'm looking at Henry, he has pink hair and pink shorts and a pink
0: shirt. I have pink hair, pink shorts, a pink shirt on. Uh, vineyard
1: vines is miles away
0: miles away i do have one shirt left and And a belt and a belt but uh the shirt's bleach, bleach stained and that's just that i think it looks cool now probably but to preface going to art school i chose art school because i knew i was gonna i liked what i did already Mm -hmm. in high school and i was fighting with the fact that i thought oh i don't i don't need college In high school, and I was like, I don't need it. I'm already working. I can make enough money to like live, and be comfortable.
1: Yeah. I mean, and at some point, experience is a better education than a classroom.
0: Yes. Great quote. Experience does for the soul what education does for the mind. Who said that? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm (laughs) I'm kidding.
1: No, that is a good quote.
0: But. I was already you know playing with the fact that I didn't want to go to college before I went to college yeah and then I went to college because I was like oh the hardest part about living in New York is if you don't have something where you can meet new people Mm -hmm. and make new friends Mm -hmm. like school Mm -hmm. like a job Mm -hmm. and not a freelance job like me because it's way different you don't see the same two people all the time yeah um it's going to be really hard to create a social life mm-hmm. and that's why i went to school mostly so i could meet people make friends you know that yeah, kind of network. stuff Yeah. network i guess and I mean, I, well
1: that's a huge selling point for a lot of schools is their alumni relations which is like networking is a huge thing of college
0: yeah and i went to art school i ended up dropping out the second semester about halfway through i had a pretty incredible job opportunity where adidas emailed um ryan the person i work with and was like hey we want you to go to japan for a week and make a video about this new nmd that shop that's um coming out and actually they didn't even specify japan this is it was the most ridiculous ask it was pick a city in the world you've always wanted to travel to so cool. and go and we went and it was kind of a sick trip because the first week they didn't even get us the shoes on time so we went <laughs> and we kind of just like shot stuff for the project that didn't have shoes and then we went and shot and then we went all the way back to the u.s and try and convinced them to give us more money to go back to J- japan with the shoes with the shoes we got the shoes and then we shot a sick video and then we came back And by the time I got back, I'd spent two weeks without school. And I'd let professors know I'm doing this, this, and this. And half the professors, I think in five classes, and three of the professors were creative professors, you know. um, A darkroom class, uh, you know, some sort of photography class, a video class. They get it. And the other half, I had an English and an art history class. And those teachers were very frustrated, very annoyed with me. They didn't understand why I would miss school to do work. And it was like really hard for me to grasp the fact that like, what is the point of this education, this college education, if it's not to better you for your future and to get you work, then what is the point of it?
1: Yeah, or even like figure out a way to make it work, like give you a couple assignments or just offer to like sit with you in office hours after the fact. Like professors should be your biggest fan, not making you feel bad or, or making it hard for you to do what you love.
0: And and don't get me wrong. I had a couple great professors in the, in the mm-hmm. a semester and a half I was at SVA, but I was, um, really frustrated with how that went down. I would be too. Uh, and, uh, it, it also didn't help that like at the end of the day, I really didn't want to be in school. So it made my decision very easy yeah. to leave school. <laughs> um, and I left school and then I lived in the SVA dorms. Until summertime, and then I got summer housing at the same dorm. Yeah. And I stayed there through the summer. And then I went on tour starting August 27th with Mm -hmm. grandson.
1: So you didn't really have time to sit there and be like, what the fuck did I just do? Like your life just started to happen.
0: No, yeah, it just started happening. And whenever I wasn't, all the time that I spent at school, which is not a lot of time, but it wasn't a little amount of time, I was shooting, I was making stuff, and I was just doing it. Yeah. Um, And that's the best way you can become a better person, a better artist, a better creative mind, a better everything is to just do Do it. it. Like your mind is your biggest enemy because if you overthink everything, you're never going to do anything. Like Mm -hmm. for you in this podcast, Harley, like (laughs) you, the podcast is great so far. We're, you know, two episodes down. This is the third episode. Think about how much you think about everything surrounding it i'm not saying that you shouldn't think about stuff but just doing it and and working through it is the best way of figuring out what you like and what you don't like
1: i also think i'm naturally a huge overthinker like i i just think about every single thing that i do tirelessly like wake up in the middle of the night just like thinking about shit and i think in some ways it does make whatever i produce like be it school or this or my work um it makes it good. But I think that if you get to the point where you overthink it too much and then convince yourself that it's shitty, like that's where the danger is because, because then you're never going to put anything out there. Like you can't overthink stuff and then make it bad in your head, but it's not bad. You're just overthinking it.
0: Yeah. And I I look, I look at this a lot. Like when I was starting out with photography, Mm -hmm. I, there was this big moment I remember when I first started posting my photos on my Instagram mm-hmm. and I was posting them daily for 500, I think it was like 500 days. So like, well, let's call it a year and a half. And I'd say there was a massive amount of growth there because I just had this goal of getting something out every day because I knew- Like, you,
1: like growth is in followers?
0: I, yes, growth is in followers, but oh, also like as, like, pr- as, as, as a creative skill? growth and skill and, and taste.
1: Did you- when he, so, when Henry posts on Instagram now, there's a lot that goes into the behind the scenes because it, like for me, my Instagram is just fun, but for him, it's his craft, the, what he puts out there, like his photos. Were you spending as much time editing and.
0: No. No. I would edit like six photos and I would post them for, six, the, week. for the week. Yeah. And because back then it was a lot about the feature page game. And I was trying to get featured on all these Instagram pages. Like, oh, the more, the more stuff I put out there, the higher chance I get to, you know, get featured on one of these well, and it Instagram pages. Just,
1: like, got you used to, to sharing your cre- creative work.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's which for a for sure. lot of
1: people. is really fucking scary.
0: And then when I, I think it was, right when I started working with Ryan in like 2017. I started slowing down late 2017, early 2018. I started slowing down the daily posting, even though I was shooting so much. I just like, I started to create this taste where I was like, uh, I don't know about this. And like, if I didn't have anything else, I didn't want to repost old stuff just mm-hmm. because I wanted to make something I was proud of. I wanted to shoot something I was proud of. So I just, you know, kept on, or I just slowed down the posting. But now as I've got more stuff more work that I'm doing all the time I want to start putting it out more and I think a lot of the time I'm getting in my head and, overthinking, like you're and, and like, about. overthinking it yeah so I I think it's very interesting I slowed down for a while and sometimes I'd only post like once a month for a little while but now I'm really trying to do like three four five posts a month because I'm, I've got that much stuff to post yeah. like why not and it's stuff that I like and I want people to see and I think at the end of the day, the people that really don't care about what other people think are like the greatest artists of all time. Yeah,
1: that's so true. And those are the people that you want around you. Um, But you also, I mean, Instagram, I feel like is getting really casual and that your stories do that. Like watching your stories. I mean, I kind of live them in real life, but they're so fun to to watch. And they show a you that's not as, as polished and thought through as your feed is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like... If you guys follow me on Instagram, if you don't, I like to tell a story throughout the day. Yeah, you do. At the end of it, at the end of the day, at heart, I'm a storyteller. I like telling stories, whether it be with photos, whether it be with video, whether it be with, you know, 2D art or whatever. Um, And that's what I like to do with my stories. I like to, you know, post 10, 12, 14 slides in a day that are all interesting in their own right kind of bringing people throughout my day and people like them at the end of the day the reason i do it because i love it interaction but also like a ton of people like watching them and you know if if i like them and other people like them i i like to think that i'm doing something right so um yeah if you don't follow me on instagram you should follow me and when i post stories you should do it you should watch them
1: well stories are great because i think you for you you have so many followers that love stuff that you make and probably want to make something similar like one day themselves but your stories show your real life like your your goofiness you know your failed banana bread my failed banana bread just like your life it's just it that i think it's so fun to watch creators and people that i look up to um live their real life
0: yeah there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that people don't see Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of stuff that you just can't show but a lot of the stuff that i can show i love to show because it just really adds a point of authenticity to what you do and authenticity and real things and grit that's the next wave of marketing whether you like it or not this whole like perfect travel influencer perfect life human being that whole bullshit is out the window and it's gone and if People don't adapt to mm-hmm. what the real stuff is coming up yeah they're gonna be lost right they are gonna be lost if you look at people there's this one girl in new york who's a tiktoker named victoria paris and she posts like 20 tiktoks a day
1: yeah and just like not polished not, not polished
0: super chill like very casual and like
1: like funny but when something's going on that's not funny she talks she, about she still it. talks like about it like she's yeah.
0: very open and, and authentic. i think
1: Brianna chicken fry does it too there's a lot of tiktokers there's a lot like,
0: of people and i think that that is the next generation of marketing It's like because you, you're people and creators yeah their stories are what's entertaining it's not trying to perf- perform this perfect anything because at the end of the day no one's life is perfect no one's relationship is perfect nothing is perfect so yeah
1: and like for me like i watched victoria paris and like she's 21 22 or something i'm 20 we're both living in new york like it's just fun to watch someone who's a lot like me live a life that's a lot like mine and not see it be glamorized and not see it be something that it's not. Like it's re- it's refreshing to a consumer, to a follower. Amen. Yeah. So just be real.
0: <laughs> just be real. Get real with it. And um, not only will the people that follow you or the people that appreciate what you do enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. But if you are a photographer or you are a videographer, or you're creative, stick with that realness because that is the future of marketing.
1: I also think on the sense of like creator artists stick with the real you. Charlotte and I talked to us on the last episode because she was creating content for Instagram posts and she was just not happy with it at all. A lot of the times you're gonna be more happy with your work when you do it because it's it's you. It's what you want to do. It's the art that you want to create
0: i agree with it it, you add you just get a ton of fulfillment from it
1: okay if someone's coming to new york they want a fire instagram post what are the three locations you would send them to to get a photo
0: see i almost feel like this is like i feel like you can take a fire photo anywhere in new york is as long as you have the taste and the vision behind the photo or the video Mm -hmm. or whatever but i think some slam dunk locations i think the one most slept upon place that there's so many people that live in New York that have never been to this place is the Manhattan B- Bridge Pedestrian Walkway. and I go a lot? We go a it's lot. I mean, stunning. I love it. It's, I think it's one of my favorite places in the so city gorgeous. behind what my second place would be, which is the Staten Island Ferry, super underrated. It's free. There's no reason to go to Staten Island other than to take the ferry. It is the best view of the tip of Manhattan and the Financial District and all that.
1: At sunset, it's gorgeous. Sunset, I love it bringing goes crazy. On it, it's so fun.
0: Those, I'd say, Manhattan Bridge. Um, which, if you're watching this podcast, you should go and watch the reel we made this morning mm-hmm. of us branding, um, parts of the bridge with stop, drop, talk.
1: But the thing that's so cool about the bridge, I think, is that you you look at, you see the Freedom Tower, you see Brooklyn, and then you also see the Brooklyn Bridge, which isn't a view that you see it's usually on the Brooklyn Bridge if you're looking that way.
0: Correct. So those, the subway
1: is also sick that goes on there.
0: Yeah, also is. the subway is going it's there's a ton of fun. Um so number 1 Manhattan Bridge, number 2 Staten Island Ferry, number 3 Tudor City Overpass because it's got a beautiful view. It really highlights 42nd Street. And on 42nd street you've got grand central and you've got the chrysler building and that is a building that is very beautiful that a lot of people just don't appreciate it's it's beauty it's also trinity. even
1: like the most amateur photographer can take a sick photo there yeah anyone can show like, up and, parallel.
0: and take a cool photo there yeah it's got great leading lines that's
1: where i was born
0: it's where harley was born and
1: not raised <laughs> not raised <laughs> but she was so... born in tudor city um
0: like on the street it was crazy just plopped out (laughs) on the bench on the bench yeah
1: has it ever been hard for you to be your own boss like to not have a supervisor making sure you're getting shit done
0: i mean at the end of the day like having a boss on your back doesn't really help like if you can't yourself um reach a goal or finish a task like you probably shouldn't be doing that task so i think a lot A lot of self-development, a lot of everything has to come from within, like any Mm -hmm. outside uh, motivation doesn't benefit you at all. So I think it's good to get reminders here and there from people, but I I really believe that you should be able to complete everything on time. Now, don't get me wrong. I've handed in assignments in school late. I've been late on projects and edits before, but a good percentage of the time, well over majority, 98% of the time yeah everything's completed on time and you just got to do it
1: okay well i will say though i think for some people having someone hold them accountable for stuff is helpful you have this work ethic that is so admirable like you get up and you work like nonstop, and you just don't stop working all day or even when you do walk away from your computer to like go get a sandwich or something you're still working just in your head like there's not many people that could pull off what you do. I think it's really impressive that you so do. So to
0: piggyback off what Harley's saying here, um, when she said, like, I get up early, usually I get up at, like, 6, 5.45, 6. I like to work mm-hmm. for two or three hours before I eat, before I get up from the computer. Yeah. I just Those are my most productive hours of the day. I can get done in those two to three hours what I could get done pretty much in the rest of the day with those first three hours. And then I usually go get something to eat, you know, that kind of stuff. But when I'm eating and when I'm out and about or walking or listening to music or riding a city bike or on the subway, literally anything but other work, I'm thinking about photos I want to take. I'm thinking about ideas for clients. I'm thinking about marketing things. And that's when most of my best ideas I've ever come up with we're in the most random places
1: mean just you find inspiration
0: everywhere you, go. you found it you find inspiration wherever you go when it comes to photography photography all it is is observing mm-hmm. and observing instead of with your eyes with a with a device with a camera so me walking around without a camera it's still like i'm taking photos i'm realizing things i'm recognizing things i'm seeing yeah. things yeah the more you do it the more repetition you get the The better your observing gets. Um, And the more marketing things you see and feel and do, the better those ideas get. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, my greatest ideas have come in the most random times. I I brought up at the beginning of the podcast that um, I had this idea about two and a half years ago um, that I have a deck and everything built for it. Um, And it was a campaign called What's Your Legacy? And I swear, I think it was two weeks ago, I saw, or I was sent a campaign called What's Your Legacy, and Reebok did it with ASAP Nast, Uh, and I think Aiden Colin shot the campaign, and it was, I mean, it's sick, but I was like, damn, like, (laughs) I literally have a deck built for this from two years ago that I just slept on, that I made, I came up with this idea on a flight to Boston to pitch other things to Puma, um... And I really thought it was going to happen, didn't happen, but yeah, it just shows like you got to believe in yourself, you got to believe in your ideas, and sooner or later someone's going to have a similar idea, so just you got to do it.
1: Yeah, and I think that also the finding inspiration all around applies to, you know, to writers, to painters, to studio artists, to chefs, like it's just you you, you find so much inspiration from simply just walking around. Like I love... Just packing a bag with a book and a notebook and just walking around the city and just seeing what you see, like you never know what you're gonna see.
0: You know, sometimes Harley's like, Oh, why are you being quiet? Like, is something wrong? And I'm like, No, my fucking mind is in the weirdest place right now and it has nothing to do with you. It happens it happens a good amount that we'll be walking together on the street and I will not have said a word in ten minutes. But it's just because And I'll be
1: rambling on and I'll be like
0: Are you good? I think if I'm outside on a street and I'm seeing...
1: Like, overstimulation.
0: overstimulation yeah. of visual observation, my mind goes ridiculous. Like, goes crazy. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Like, I've seen Henry. Henry keeps everything in his, his notes on his phone. That doesn't really work for me. I'm much more of a physically write-it-out kind of person. But I've seen him. Like, we'll go on a 15-minute walk, and by the time we come home, there's a full-fledged tiktok written up in one of his notes
0: yeah or video idea or whatever but it just didn't happens in the most random ways
1: we henry and i thought it would be fun if we asked some of our influ or instagram followers um to send in questions and i know you can't visually see this right now but like i said henry has pink hair and the most asked question was why is your hair pink
0: do you want me to answer this or do you want to answer this i can answer it i'll give it i'll give it a quick yeah a, a, a quick, quick a quick go background so december 2020 I get an email from puma they're like hey we need a tiktok done we need someone to get a reverse mullet first of all like i know what a mullet is but what is a reverse mullet it's mm. business in the front party in the back no
1: no it's it's business in the back party in the front
0: and they needed it for a TikTok. They loved it. They thought it was hilarious. It went really well. And then and then I was like, oh, well, I got to get rid of this. So I shaved my head. And at some point in there, I had this idea, yo, I want to sell my head for ad space. Mm-hmm. And so I put an ad on my head. And you know when you see billboards, those billboards might be empty. And they say, yeah. your ad here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, call this number well it was on my head you don't need to call no number to get in touch with me you just tap on my shoulder because it's on me Put your ad right here i made a tiktok did really well and then through a couple personal connections um uh chipotle got in touch with me and we put a chipotle logo on the back of head back of my head made a tiktok that went really well um so my hair has been a big focus on my social media account for the past like three four months
1: but it was really it was really fun doing the urad ad here and doing the chipotle like i got to do the art on it and that oh, was really fun and
0: the, that was really fun but also the reverse mullet was so fun because i made a tiktok and emma chamberlain got behind it so i was like i'm game for this you know <laughs> um but then yeah after the the year ad here stuff I, I was like oh yeah i'll dye my hair pink like whatever and um because why not like You only live once, you know, hashtag YOLO.
1: What's your number one place to learn about creative Photoshop ideas that you don't already know?
0: Uh, YouTube, everything, YouTube universities, where it's that, anything you can learn in school, you can learn on the internet. Like
1: I'm in design school and I'm taking, well, right now I'm on a little hiatus, but um, classes that I'm so, so, so interested in, but I will still spend so much time on YouTube and that was something that Henry inspired me to do, um. And then even just like personal projects, if I don't know how to use something in, it, in Adobe Illustrator or whatever I'm on, Google is just the biggest tool in that sense. Who's your biggest inspiration?
0: Me and so many people were taught by Casey Neistat School of Filmmaking. He was the original inspiration for picking up a camera. He was the original inspiration for making hockey vlogs back in high school. Casey Neistat, shout out Casey Neistat. One day we'll meet. It'll be a great day for me and maybe him.
1: Why did you decide to go vegan?
0: Um, it was Harley's idea that we would go vegan for the month of April.
1: Yeah, I think we'll, the next next week's episode is actually going to touch on this topic more exclusively. Um, but, I mean, watch your documentaries on Netflix. Like Clearly, as human beings, we're not supposed to be eating the way that we do. And I think it's always good to just experiment once in a while we so we know that you love new york but is there any other place that you could see yourself living
0: um of course i could see myself living in a in a los angeles but i think i would love to spend time abroad an extended period of time abroad so you know a paris a hong kong a tokyo a cape town south africa a rio de janeiro you know those places would be really really sweet
1: And I think, you know, at the end of the day, New York's always home. How did you develop your style?
0: Style, like a lot of other things, comes together over time. In the beginning, all you want to do is to have a style. And the best way I can say to develop a style is to take inspiration. Mm -hmm. Not copy, but take inspiration from artists and people you like. Yeah. And to melt it all down into yourself and then you create what you want to create uh, with the inspiration with the influence from other people and that is how you create a style you just got to do it
1: and the last question of the day is do you love your life
0: uh yes i do i love this city i love life and i love my friends family and of course the host of this podcast Harley for chat.
1: For any photographers, videographers, or any other artists listening, I hope this conversation gave you the courage to get your work out there or encouraged you to just keep fucking going at it. Hard work really does pay off. Thank you all for tuning in to Stop, Drop, and Talk, and we'll see you back for another episode next week.